You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with your joyologist, Trisha Huffman. On this podcast, Trisha has conversations with people who intrigue and inspire, and we get into the journey of their life, the ups and downs, all of it. This week, your guest host on the Claim It podcast is me, Jason Mraz, and my very special guest today is none other than your joyologist and my joyologist, Trisha Huffman. I'm going to start with, I just picked a random email <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, that I sent to a long list of people who I know knew you oh. and just asked people to send an acknowledgement and or question that they might have for your joyologist, a.k.a. you, Trisha mm-hmm. Huffman, on this very special episode of the Claim It podcast, which is most likely going to coincide with your birthday. Yeah, it releases on my birthday, oh, well, then February 10th. Very much coincides with your birthday. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's my birthday. If you're happening to listen to it on the same day, it comes out. <laughs> yeah. If not, it's also fun to celebrate me. It's fun to celebrate you early because here we're recording this a good two weeks before yeah. your birthday. That's the beauty of recording is that you get to create something in the present, which ultimately is in the past, about something that's coming out in the future. Fun, huh? <laughs> Don't let that go to your head. Um, this is from our friend Anya Marina. She says, Trisha is such a unique and extraordinary spirit. There's truly no one quite like her. <laughs> She can be quiet and private and pensive and observing, taking everything in around her, listening to each detail. And then she can suddenly explode into a cacophony of laughter and lightning fast run on sentences full of deep ideas and keen observations about life that only a spiritual seeker could ever know. She is a real force of nature. I love her and have felt grateful for her friendship and love and the loose way, the loose way. She holds love in her life. Hmm. Hmm. She never clings. She is easy breezy, but steadfast and loyal. My favorite combo. I love that. Oh, I love that. That's so accurate. One of many, by the way, that I have received from many of your friends. If we don't get to all these in the podcast, I'll print them off and you'll have a book. Thank you. And thank you for reaching out to people and asking. Yeah. Um. She has a loose way that she holds on to love in her life. She never clings. I think that's a really beautiful... I've never heard anybody say that about anyone. No, yeah. At first I was like, I love a loose way. Um, and but I'm, I do. I, yeah, I get that. I feel that. And I'm just going to go here because I don't think we've ever gone here, at least not in more than a decade. But when we were working together, maybe like... Way back, 2006, Sound seven, engineer days. Sound engineer beginning. days in the very beginning. You said to me one time, I think I love you. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, okay. I, I like you. I mean, I love you too. I just kind of getting to know you. Um, but what happened after that? Um, you know, it was two people working intimately in the same environment. We were touring, we were on stage all the time, and we may have even started to share. I don't even know if we were living together yet. No, because if, if you're talking about what I remember, it, it was actually, I'm like, unless I said it 
to you earlier in a different way. But when my father passed away and I then left the tour, Mm -hmm. I was living at your house and I was going through all sorts of things, Mm -hmm. grieving things. And I was also in a place in my life that I was like, I'm not holding on to shit. If somebody bought something bothers me about someone, I'm going to tell it. Like I'm done bothering. I'm going to say all the things that I've not said. Yeah. And I wrote you an email Uh because you were on tour. Okay. And I, and this, so you might be like, I'm not even talking about this. And said, I think I might love you, but it was in a sort of way like just getting that out there. Uh huh. You were in a relationship. Yeah. So it was like, not like, hey, like that, but I was like, hey, I'm in, like, things are coming up for me. I just have to tell you that I love you. I appreciate that. So that might not have been what you were, because I'm like, I don't remember saying it previously unless it was just like, I love you. I remember hearing it with my ears, Mm. not just in an email. I don't remember the email, but maybe because I read your emails as if I hear your voice. Yeah, I'm like. (laughs) Maybe it was so long ago. But what I wanted to (laughs) take this moment and acknowledge you for is what Anya acknowledge you for, which is this friendship of love and the loose way you hold love in your life. Meaning you can love and love and love and love and not cling or expect from anyone. You don't expect anything in return. All you are for is making sure that person feels loved and, and is on their path to loving their life. And that's what you've done for me. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I do. (laughs) For seeing that and acknowledging it. It's a really special quality that you have because some people, I think, I don't know what some people are. I don't know. I don't have social commentary, but I know there are a few people in my life that, um, very few people in my life who are like you, who are giving and giving and giving and giving. Yeah. And, um... You know, and like, and I remember at that time, I mean, I don't, because in some ways I was like out of my mind, like grieving with loss and stuff like that. But it was like a real, I remember being confused, like, I love this person, but does that mean like I love them in like a romantic way? Or like, and I think that that is something that can be confusing, especially when you have a friend that you love so much who is of the opposite sex, or if you are attracted to the same gender, then the same thing, like I, you know, I wouldn't even know what, you know, like that could be confusing. I'm sure if someone that is attracted to people of the same sex of like, I love you so much. I so love you. And I unconditionally love you. And I've been there with mm-hmm. you through many things that maybe aren't choices that I would have thought are great choices for you and all that sort of things. And not just you, but other people in my life too. And that I, yeah, like I really just choose to truly love someone and to not base that on what they're showing back for me in return. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, like sometimes my love is overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> it has been in my life. And to not also be overwhelmed by that or again, be afraid of it, that I can't express it with someone mm-hmm. and share it. Mm. Yeah. Because I remember it being uncomfortable for me to say it, but, and I was un- not sure what that even meant for me. But, and it is like, I obviously, yeah, I I love you so much, obviously, because I have, and I am, as I think Anya said, as sort of like, what did she say? Sort of like steadfast or like, I sort of don't go away. Easy breezy, but steadfast and loyal. Loyal. And that's what in Tercy's episode with me, she, we ended up doing a clearing that started out as giving an example of a clearing and then it got like real. And so then she ended up acknowledging me for like, 
thank you for never not going away. You're like, you're someone in my life that doesn't go away. You just keep showing back up. And I'm so grateful that you do that because I could have forgotten about you. And like, I'm so happy that you're in my life. And they're like, and I was like, yep, that's who I am. I love people. And I am kind of loose because I have so many friendships from so many years and lives that I've lived. Yeah. But like, I'm fucking there and I'll show back up and be like, hey, yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. you. I love you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, well, following up Anya's statement, she has a question. Was there a specific moment or experience in your life that drove you to wanting to help people be more joyful, successful, comfortable, expansive, et cetera? Um, so was there an experience in your life that drove you to want to be this person that that helps people claim it and and rise up? Yeah, and that was when my father passed away. Cause I remember he died in an accident. Um, so it was sudden and I had talked to him a couple of days before and everything was like so great. And, um, yeah, then it was like, uh, dad died the day I was supposed to be getting on a plane to Australia to meet you on tour. And, uh, I just remember like, yeah. And I remember going on tour cause I didn't know what else to do. And I wanted to be around the people that I love too. But I remember being there and like just being in airports and just being around everybody and being like, well, I know why I'm so unhappy. Like, and why I'm a mess, because my dad just died, like, why is everybody everywhere look so unhappy and not look like they're enjoying their life? And I just felt like the call that I had to do more, that I had done a lot of work on myself and like, honestly, living with chronic pain and stuff had made me choose to live every day and have passions and go after them and be honest and do the things that I wanted to do. So living with chronic pain has also helped me a lot in my life. Um, but yeah, when my dad died, I was like, everybody needs to wake up and live their life and stop making everything so hard on mm -hmm. themselves for themselves because mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, um, great. I am grateful to have been in your life during that transformation. I'm still very sorry for your loss. Um, and I was also very inspired by how you, um, how you managed and recovered gracefully through that and claimed your life. How you said, I'm not going to tour anymore. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to learn new things. I'm going to be of service in new ways. And I was the first, one of the first recipients of that, um, basking in your, um, your yoga study, your, your nutritional study, um, your just, um, your mental health, I think, advocacy that you were offering people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so thank you for that. And that's what I took. That's what I took from your love. Um, at first, you know, this is going back to what, what I said when we opened this conversation. Um, I, I have been nervous many times in my life around love and what that means. When someone loves me, I, I can shut down. I can hide if I don't know how to reciprocate. Um, and yet there was something very unconditional and, and family in your love. Like there was a bigger love and I felt that. And, and in this business, I don't typically get that from people that just come on the road with me for a tour cycle or something. You don't get that, that care. So thanks for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, and thanks for being open to the new creation 
that I created when yeah. I did quit touring, quit being a sound engineer, and then decided needed time to figure things out, and then came back with, I'm going to start with the world I know. All right, yeah. I'm going to change people's lives. I'm going to go to the world I know. I'm going to go back on tour. Yeah. Um, you know, and on the tour, and there was quite a few people in the business who would who would ask me, oh, is your joyologist here with you today? Like rolling their eyes. Rolling like... their eyes. And, you know, I would say, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, or no, if she's not with me today. But um, I always had fun with that um, because I knew the benefits of it. I knew that we were raising our vibration even higher on what we were doing backstage and on stage that was being conveyed to the audiences. Um, so, so bravo to you for hanging in there when you took on a new title and a new career offering a new service that wasn't seen before in, in the music industry, or at least if it was seen, it wasn't, I hadn't seen it before. Yeah. And a lot of people I would work with had never seen it before. And so, um, bravo to you for being unwavering in your pursuit to help people claim it. Yeah. That's <laughs> I like just posted a Instagram post today that with the affirmation, like I am relentless in my belief of myself. Like that was in going into it, you know, there was more words for that, but that's what I realized that I've done a lot of things that people have been like, you're going to do what? And I had to just be relentless. Like, I believe this is possible. So even though I'm going to constantly come up against people being like, you're going to do what? That's not possible. What are you talking about? Like, you got to believe in yourself, people. You can make up a job as a joyologist <laughs> and sell it to people and it will be amazing. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> you have, you are doing it. You are doing it. So on that, um, Let's stay in the music world for just a second. I have a couple of musical um, <laughs> comments and questions from folks in the music industry. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with Jeff Babco. Jeff Babco. Everybody loves. He's been a loves. guest, everybody. Go listen to his episode. It's a really great one. It is a great one. Um, Jeff Babco is an amazing keyboard player. He's the musical director on the Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel Live. Yep. Um, also plays on many, many albums and probably cinematic and arrangements as well. On tour with Steve Martin and Martin Short all the time. You can see right. the Netflix special. Mm -hmm. So he says, Trisha, you are an incredible human with an inspiring ability to flip the tired scripts and create, affect, and inspire positivity in the world. What could be cooler than that? Here is my question. How do you keep on trucking with upbeat forward motion on the occasions that your core may be at a natural low. Yeah. So sometimes if I might, if I am on a little bit of a low, I also honor that and allow myself to have some space. Like, all right, fine. I'm going to just read a novel right now. Like I'm going to like take care of myself. Like I would a kid that was sad and you know, that I do try to think of myself as someone else, you know, if you, if your best friend or somebody you're loved that who you loved was there and they were like really sad about something, you probably wouldn't tell them like, Oh, just get over it. Just smile. Everything's going to be fine. So when I am really feeling like I'm hurting, I'll take some time with it. But then I also call people that I love 
that I know can actually like fully hear me on the phone and be there for me. And like sometimes just saying things out loud really helps me, even if sometimes most of the times I don't want like coaching or like I just want to like, oh, this happened or I'm feeling this and like just to get it outside of me. And that really helps. But then like to have somebody there for me. Mm. Journaling. But yeah. And then, you know, even when I have those lows and it's usually then just coming back to, all right, this is life. Mm -hmm. What am I going to choose? Yeah. Because this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've gotten to a point where I know that it's just waves. It's just a low. Like exactly. In waves, there's highs and lows. It's the nature of things. Sound waves, the same. Uh, the weather's never always perfect. There's clouds that go by. So me personally, when I feel naturally low, I just acknowledge that. I'm like, oh, okay, bummer. Yeah. There's low cloud coverage today and I'm feeling gross. But rather than make it a thing, I just don't make it a thing at all. I just, I kind of ignore people so that I don't put my thing on them yeah. um, and ruin their day with my bad attitude. Yeah, um, I what like what you just said, though. You think of yourself as somebody else. Is that what you said? Yeah. You kind of treat yourself as as a friend in need. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love mean, that. I don't know if I'm in the moment thinking of that, but now when I think about it, I I do. You know, like that's what the advice we're always like given often. But it's just like, yeah, sometimes you do just need to be like, okay. And like and also what you were just saying, like I one of my favorite phrases is like the it's just weather passing through. Mm. And like one day something could seem like the biggest bummer and everything sucks. And then like Oh, wait, no, it's fine. What? Like, you know, so I don't. And that's my brand of positivity is not like, oh, just look at everything as the glass is half full or flip your frown upside down. Like, yeah, we're going to feel things. We're human. Things happen all the time that suck. Yeah. So it's okay to like feel pain and sadness and anger and all of that. And so I let myself feel all of that, but I don't like plummet deep in a deep down hole or make myself wrong for it. But then, yeah, usually it is like, okay, so. Let's see some good. Right. <laughs> it's a natural thing, not then trying to force it. Uh-huh. I think too, when I allow myself to feel the feelings, it is easier to just look upside and be like, oh my God, look at the blue sky. Like, look at that thing. Mm -hmm. It's when we're trying to force something else or tell ourselves we're wrong for feeling something. Right. Know? Yeah. So I think that it actually makes it harder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if in the old paradigm... I might actually confirm my sadness with thoughts that are saying, you know, I'm no good, I'm lazy, I'm not talented, and all I'm doing is identifying with a with a change in the weather yeah. and making it personal. Um, I feel like this is kind of part of the core work that you do and that we've done in the past. But so I always like to address it because mm -hmm. there could be new people to the podcast who might experience weather yeah. later the, later today or yeah. tomorrow when they wake up. Um, so acknowledging it, I think is huge. Just like, Oh, I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling anger. Like sometimes actually just even naming what you're feeling can snap you out of it without you even trying it. Like, what is this even I'm feeling? You know what? I'm sad because this happened or I'm upset because I didn't get a yes on my book dealer. I'm making up the story that my friends don't like me because I saw that they went out without me. Like whatever it could be. It's like for me, just even naming what I'm feeling and what it could be from it coming from, but you don't even have to do a deep dive into analyzing everything you're feeling. But for me, that helps just like, oh, okay. Yeah. That does kind of suck. All right. Mm. I'll sit with that. 
Yeah. That's cool. Naming it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes it less uh, ginormous when it doesn't have a name and it's just floating above you like a big gray cloud. Yeah. And you're usually trying to ignore it or push it away or uh-huh. change it. Just name it. it you be- know what? I'm feeling shame about that thing I said. I'm feeling like I'm not enough because who knows why. Yeah. 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 I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been annoyed the last two days doing yard work. I mean, it's my own doing. I'm out in the yard and we have um, sprinklers that yeah. water the avocado trees. And if you trip on the sprinkler or run over them like I did with the tractor, they're a pain in the butt. To, you have to dig up and fix the pipes. Yeah. And both of them occurred, both of the instances where I broke the sprinklers occurred just as I'm trying to finish the job. So I'm just going to, okay, I'm going to put the tractor away. I'm going to go take a shower and go get to my other work. But when you break a sprinkler, it's a good, it can take 30 to 45 minutes to repair because you have to get all the pieces together and dig the hole and repair it and all that. And there's water spraying everywhere sometimes. And both, it happened two days in a row. And I get so annoyed. I get so annoyed with myself. Like cursing myself, <laughs> uh, not out loud, but um, I don't know why I'm saying it, but I, I think because I need to just claim yeah. it. I need to give it a name. <laughs> I think you're ready to let the weather pass through. I got to let the weather pass through. I'm glad you're over here because this was one of the reasons I stopped working in the yard because I knew Trisha was coming over and we were going to talk about our joys. We were going to claim it. And um, I love working in the yard, but sometimes I get annoyed by how um have you learned a lesson from running over the pipes the two days around yeah, like because you're down. rushing yeah i'm trying to get too close to the trees with big equipment and you can't do that yeah. you just just keep a good distance what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> all right um this isn't about me this is about <laughs> you and we're going to go to another friend in the music industry um, Ettore oh. Giovanni Giuseppe Mario Dedevitas, <laughs> uh, who was probably your production manager when you were on the road with Natalie Cole. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually first Tom met Cochran. with you, though. So, oh, yeah. really? Okay. So we met when we both got assigned to your tour, and then he loved me so much, he brought me on his other gigs, Tom Cochran and uh, Natalie Cole. I see. Yeah. And Dolly? When did you do the Dolly tour? I did do- I t- Ettore did not do Dolly. I see. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I just like to talk about you and Dolly. Yeah. I worked for Dolly Parton at a time, if, if you guys didn't it's know so that. So cool. <laughs> okay. Um, Ettore says, I have great respect for you and what you have accomplished in your life and more amazing things to come. And of course, buon compliano. He's Italian. I don't think I, think I said that right. My question, if it is okay to ask her. Jesus. <laughs> is what was the best thing she learned from touring slash audio slash tour managing that you can help others learn from? You know, um, yeah, I love that because I feel like I learned so much in my journey to becoming a sound engineer and like putting myself out there of not knowing anything, but knowing that that's what I wanted to do and then just the life itself. I think my favorite lesson... There's so many. But yeah, one of my favorite lessons from the touring world is it is what it is. That motto, 
that, and that's something like I will still remind myself constantly. And so how that showed up in the touring world is that you're on tour and you are traveling with your own stuff and your band, right? But you go city to city to a different venue, new stagehands, new local crew, new sizes of venues and stuff. So we could be going to like some top notch theater with the best stagehands, easy load in, which means just back up the truck, roll the cases off. It's easy. Everything's great. Catering's amazing to the next day is like a tiny place where you have to carry the gear up a narrow stairs. The stagehands are actually hungover college students that are wearing flip-flops and don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. that, but like we have a show to put on every night. This is what soundcheck is. People are coming at seven opener at eight, this, like maybe the gear is not working and blowing up. It is what it is. You just have to fucking make the show work. It is so it what was, it is. Instead of complaining and wallowing in this sucks, today sucks. These are the worst stagehands, this, this, I hate my life, whatever. Most of the stuff like, no, it is what it is. Like we have a show to put on tonight. Mm. So shut up and just do it. Like mm. that's where the choose it mentality also is like coming from. Like this is what it is. So what are you going to make the best of it? That's so great. So I'm going to call my, my next tour. Lesson. It is what it is because I still forget that it is what it is. <laughs> 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 Whenever I'm in those awful backstage areas that just, it is what it is. Aren't just, as good as the other venues. And rooms sound differently. Even if you have the same gear and the same engineers or mm. whatever, every day you step out there, the audiences could react differently. Mm. The way everything is, it's different every day, but you just have to choose. It is what it is. So why not make the best of it and stop complaining and being down about it? It is what it is. I love that. It's me, Trisha, your everyday host, (laughs) popping in because it's my birthday episode and I wanted to share with you one of my favorite, 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 favorite things, my infrared sauna blanket. If you follow me on Instagram, you've liked me hearing me share about it in stories. I use it all the time. It looks like a sleeping bag, but it's an infrared sauna blanket. It has a dial that you can turn up heat. I like mine at seven. I turn it on, wear long sleeve pants, a light long sleeve shirt, long sleeve pants, you know what I'm saying, and socks. Keep water nearby. I watch a show I love or listen to a podcast or an audiobook. Okay, I really just watch a TV. Those other options are options for you, but I love watching a show. (laughs) Get in there and I sweat it all out. I, you know, deal with chronic pain and it helps me so much. Sometimes I'm feeling great and I just feel like sore from exercising or sore from driving in the car all day, or I feel like I'm, you know, fighting a cold or something. It's just an amazing thing that I do for my body that is really nurturing and detoxifying. It reduces inflammation. It improves sleep. It increases blood flow and circulation. It soothes sore muscles and joints. It also is a calorie burn. It can burn up to 600 calories per hour. So that means when I'm not feeling that great in my body, I can get in that and get that my heartbeat up and feel the sweat and feel the amazing results of that if I'm not able to like go power it out in a workout class. It actually is anti-anxiety. It increases feel-good chemicals and lowers cortisol. It's amazing. And um, it's also like super easy. You can roll it up and like put it under your bed in a closet. It's not like a big booth that people go in. I don't really love those anyway. They're not comfortable. So it's easy to keep in your house. It's easy to do. 
I'm obsessed. Feel free to DM me anytime and ask me about it because I really do love it and I think everybody needs one. So go get one. It's at higherdose.com. Use code JOY100 for $100 off. They actually don't sponsor me. I just am so obsessed with them. I ask them for a code. (laughs) So I do get a little bit of money if you buy through me though. So Joy 100, $100 off. They also have an in, um, interest-free payment plan that makes it easier to make the purchase. I did it. I used that. Um, so higherdose.com, use the code JOY100. If for some reason they kick out my JOY100 code, use JOY50 and get $50 off. But I'm pretty sure they're still honoring $100 off. So you better go get that. All right, the link will be in the notes. Let's get back to the episode. Um. Where are we going to go next in our questions? Um, I'm going to jump over to a question from Mona Tavacoli. Oh, Mona Tavacoli was also a past guest. Mm-hmm. That was a fun podcast. Um, you guys really went head to head with the shoulds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll have to check in with her. Yeah. <laughs> Do another episode and see if she says it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mona T, Mona Tavacoli says, in this right now moment, with no hesitation, what is your biggest dream in the whole universe? Mm, for my books to be published. And I'm, yeah, right now I have a book proposal out to literary agents. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, I have several after that. But yeah, biggest dream right now, my books are published and make a big impact, not because of, like New York Times seller best list to have it, but I want my books to have make a big impact because I really think <laughs> I have a lot of good things to share and say that I want people to read and sh- apply to their own lives. Well, Mona says also, happiest birthday to my sister, Manifesta, she who relentlessly dreams and achieves. I love you and celebrate you and I wish you a bumping breakthrough year ahead. So I think that that's a good follow-up. Yeah to your uh, big now dream. It's happening. That is burgeoning. It's happening. I'm getting going to get an email. By the time this episode's coming out, guys, let's say I've signed, I have a liter. I'm signed, or a literary agent has signed me as their client. Putting it out there. Okay. There's some fuzz on your microphone. That's <laughs> probably cat hair on the microphone. Our friend Eric Schwartz, oh. aka Smooth E, says, Happy birthday, Tricia. This year, what is something you no longer need? And what is something... Let's start with the first question. What's something you no longer need? Well, there is a bag of stuff in the back of my car right now that I've been meaning to drop off at a donation center. Everybody has that bag. <laughs> I no longer need that stuff. Can I put a box in your car when you leave? Oh, yeah, sure. Let me take your stuff. Perfect. Um, okay. What do I no longer need? Um, I was going to say comparing myself to others. And I feel, I feel like actually in the over a year more, I've done really good about that, but it's still a good thing. Um, I for sure like went into motherhood and shifted more to product based business and pulled back from coaching. Cause I wanted to do that. And then like, once the kids started getting older, I felt the call, okay, it's time to write the book. It's time to be out in the public. It's time to do motivational speaking and like do all of these things again. And when I felt that passion and lit lit up energy, I also found myself into comparison mode of like, 
well, yeah, I have inspiring things to say and good things to say, but so do all these other people. So like, I don't know, there might not be space for me. And how will I ever make money? Like, I was thinking like, how am I going to keep making money for the rest of my life? Like I was really doubting myself and just got like, Instagram makes it easy to be like, there's all these other inspiring people. So like, maybe I'm not that. I don't know. Maybe I don't really have things to say. Uh, and I worked through that. <laughs> now I'm like, yes, I have so many things to say. I'm writing books, I'm public speaking and whatever and stuff like that. So I've gotten good, but I think that of course it can still come up with uh, wanting to compare yourself to others. I don't know. I feel like I'm good with that. I don't know what else is a good thing to let go of. He said, what, what he said, what do you no longer need? Yep. That, that that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. You answered it well. And what is something you can't do without? Water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always have water. Um, Let me. Do we need to take a program break anytime soon? I'm or good. do you just jump in at any time and do the, do the, this is an interruption from oh, Trisha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My editor will just like see how long the episode is and put it in the middle. Oh, he I finds see. a good spot. Okay, <laughs> great. Well, let's all take a deep breath together, shall we? Are you ready to do an ad? <laughs> <sighs> no, but I, I thought on this episode I would add, because I don't know if you, if you advertise that you have cool products on your joyologist. Yeah, sometimes. Um, and I'm just noticing, I don't know if you notice this, is this a typo? Or yeah, that's, is this I a drink sample out of cup? the one, yeah, I drink out of the one that has a typo. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm looking at it now thinking. Um, <laughs> I am vowed. I am vowed. And I'm, I'm sure it meant I am valued. Yes. Um, but the L was missing. And right when you showed up, you told me about a miracle that occurred at the United States Post Office based on one of these mugs yes. that you were shipping to someone in Canada. And I thought, oh my gosh, that miracle occurred. And it has a typo. It has a typo on it. But no, your your merch does not have a typo on it. Can can you no. tell me, tell your view, listeners the miracle that is the United States Postal Service? Yeah, I have, you know, I ship products from my house, the U.S. Postal Service. You can put in requests. By the way, if anybody sends, sells products, anything, your own, you don't have to take them to the post office. Yourself. You just go online and you, your mail carrier or notify them you have packages. So I did that. I Right when I was running outside to pack orders today, the mail person showed up and I was like, oh, just give me five minutes. She went and delivered some mail and looped back around. I had a large order for all these insulated mug um, that I have these days, which are amazing. And Jason and I are both drinking out of them. They're like the engraved mugs and they're all separated by phrase and color. So I was just grabbing them all and putting them in the box. But normally I open every single box to double check. But she's the mailman's here. And I was sending this big order to Canada. I packed it. And as I packed it, I was like, Trisha, double check the package. Just don't send it right now. It's okay if you send it tomorrow. So this is a note to also always trust your gut <laughs> when you're getting a pang like that. Like, no, 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 it's fine. I, I pulled all the right ones. Gave it to the mail carrier. Then checked my inventory and realized I gave the wrong, the wrong color. And it was going all the way to Canada. Tried to run after the truck and stop it. Didn't work. Before I came to Jason's house, I stopped by my local post office and brought my custom packing tape with me. And I said, I doubt you can help me. My mail carrier picked out a package today and I realized I packed the wrong thing. This is the tape. She wrote down my address, looked for the package, called the mail carrier. The mail carrier said, I know exactly what package you're talking about and I'm almost there. Five minutes later, she walked up with the exact package. I was able to swap the mug and send it. So it's a modern day miracle because 
We all shit on the U.S. Postal Service. They're usually not the greatest. But also, thank you to all customer service providers everywhere. It really, like, made my day that someone tried to help me and didn't just tell me, sorry, I can't help you. Um, And so let's also be so much more grateful for everybody that checks us out at the store, that answers the phone when you want to bitch at them from a problem that they didn't create. Like, um, thank you, U.S. Postal Service, and thank you all customer service representatives everywhere. Yay. <laughs> you know, my dad was the United States Postal That's right. worker, um, uh, mailman, delivery man, also worked as a mail handler in the post office, in the bigger post office. I was a casual clerk for the postal service. I got to deliver the mail to the mailmen and then they would, or mail people, mail persons, there was men and women, um, and they would sort the mail. So I had to be there earlier than the mailmen, people, mail people, sorry, my pronouns are whatever. Um, anyway, I have a soft spot for the United States Postal Service. So I'm glad you had that, that good, um, experience. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I generally actually do, especially with my, like, I am super grateful for my mail carriers because they, I mean, for me, they're not just delivering, they're picking up package off in time and they're usually are very kind and will be like, Oh, we'll come, you're not ready yet. We'll come back around. Or like, I don't know. They yeah. seem thoughtful. And, and a handwritten or typed letter sent anywhere in the United States is still only like 50 cents, right? What's a, what's a stamp know. cost yeah, these I'm days? Like, I know, 49 I know cents? postage is going up again soon. I'm getting alerts, yeah. but I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's still, it's still relatively small. Um, kind of on that topic, <laughs> uh, Amber Elliott, oh. um, also known as Amber Singh like which, sometimes. Which you guys might not know Amber, but Amber was my original designer. She designed uh, all the cards for the Own Your Awesome app, which you can get on both the Google Play and the Apple App Store. The Own Your Awesome deck as well. The new Your Drive Just logo with the triangles. Yeah, she's done most of my designs, not in the most recent years. But yeah, she's she was with me from the start. Mm-hmm. She says, I don't know if your listeners out there know how dedicated you are. So I'd like to share a snapshot of your devotion. Mm. Seeing you pack hundreds of your joyologist Christmas orders with a newborn strapped to your body while still recovering from birthing that newborn is a moment that I'll never forget. It was as if you were every woman on earth making the world go round while sustaining life. Your strength and dedication in that moment and nearly all the moments we've shared together are an inspiration. Thank you, for tri- thank you, Trisha, for showing up as a friend and teacher for all of us. That's such a cool visual. Yeah, that's nice and a good tie-in. I was like, why are you having me tell you the postal, <laughs> postal service story? But that does like work together. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was one year uh, BuzzFeed featured my fuck your fears wine glass oh and i had like two thousand orders oh in 24 hours wow <laughs> and that was in yeah zia was a couple like eight weeks old or something wow yeah <laughs> wow i love the way she described that though it's like you're every woman on earth making the world go round and sustaining life that's yeah that's a cool pretty sure. awesome Thank you, acknowledgement Amber. of your devotion to not only your success so that you can feed your family and have successful business, but that you can connect with your your followers, your listeners, your customers, et cetera. It's, it's, that's a huge commitment. Not an easy thing to do. Um, where can I go next with all of these things? Um, hmm. 
Um, I don't know if there's a question in here, uh, but our friend Billy Galewood, Hi, aka Billy. Bushwalla, um, says, Trisha, you are my daily reminder of what integrity and dreaming big looks like. Why? Because I have your own your awesome cards placed as gentle reminders throughout my home. You are present through these cards to say, hey, wake up, breathe, and enjoy this life. What you love is helping people, and I am that people. I am one of the ones you touch every day. I am one of the ones that you encourage to stay true to myself and my integrity. Your inspiration inspires me. Oh, That's so nice. Thanks, Billy. And he just uh, put together a speaker reel for me. Oh. Because I want to also do more motivational speaking. Mm -hmm. And Billy um, cut together a bunch of videos that I have recently. So he was really, I was really up in his world for a couple of days there because he was probably kept watching my, me saying things over and over mm. as he was splicing them together. A judgment is only real if it's something you believe to be true about yourself. He was probably hearing that over and over again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Or a judgment can only affect you. Wow. Well, I would imagine then someone who's editing you or watching editing videos of you is really getting a big dose <laughs> saying, of your like, wisdom. Billy just had a big dose of me saying, like, probably like cutting these pieces together. That's so great. <laughs> He's the perfect person to do that too, because we love Billy and um, he. He's the perfect recipient for good wisdom like that. He's a sponge. Um, guess, I don't, I guess who this could be. Someone who says, happy birthday, dear tent buddy. I love you. Becky Gebhardt. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask what tent buddy is. AIDS but... life cycle. Oh. Becky Gebhardt and I. I've always wanted to do that. It's amazing. So Becky, you shared so, a tent? Yeah. So she had signed up for AIDS life cycle, which is a huge, like, major fundraiser for AIDS and it's done every year. It's a bike ride from San Francisco to LA that takes a week. Um, all done together and it's done so well. She had already signed up for it. This was another time I had like gotten off tour and was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do next. And Carrie Moser, mm -hmm. Tercy Zengelhart's son, was like, oh yeah, I'm in Abe's life cycle. And he told me all about it and how cool it was. And, and he said he was signing up. And I was like, I have a bike, which I had a, like a beach cruiser. That was right. Terrible. Yeah, like a bike. It wasn't a beach cruiser. Bike. It was like a road bike, but it was like a used one and it was terrible. I was like, I have a bike. At that time, I didn't have a car, I only had a bike. I'll do it. So I signed up. Carrie didn't end up doing it. <laughs> so nobody I knew was doing it. And then I happened to hear Becky was doing it, which was amazing. Uh -huh. So yeah, so we. Ended up being tent buddies, sharing a tent. So yeah, you would ride your bike like 60 to 100 miles to di an, a day, like from San Francisco to LA uh -huh. and then get to the campsite for the day, which was like a parking lot right. and like sleep in a sleeping bag on cement Oh, and then for like a week. With a sore butt and, I, and a broken bike. I did. Yeah. I did not know what I was getting myself into, but it was fucking awesome. So, and then also I get into LA, cross the finish line, get a ride home, get home and shower, and then immediately go to the airport on, for a red eye to start touring with Colby Calais as oh a geologist. Nice. Well, that's <laughs> and then I ran into Colby and Justin at the airport. They were the other ones taking a red eye, and I was like, oh, I like just rid ridden 800 or miles. Oh, well, that's what a geologist does. <laughs> yeah, they were like, all right, I guess you fit the bill. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just rode my bike from San Francisco. How are you guys? I'm great. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh my gosh. If you put your mind to things, you can do That's it. That's right. I was there with you when you signed up for a marathon and <laughs> the 
same, the same day. Like, yeah, I think I'll just do this marathon. That's right. You and Carlos. We trained. for the Nashville and you trained. For yeah, we trained for weeks. And I went with and and Trisha went help with us registration. to like help sign I was up. Drive, I had a rental van or something. Yeah. When we were doing, we were doing tour rehearsals in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I went to take a re- registration and you guys were like, said something about the walkers. And I was like, oh, people can walk? And I didn't know you could walk in a marathon. Well, I'll do it too. Yeah. It was great. I was great. Yeah. You know, so my biggest lesson on the AIDS life cycle, since we're just talking about it, I remember this is so... It was like a hill is just a hill until it's not a hill anymore. It was something I remember saying to myself because I was so afraid of hills. Mm-hmm. Like those are going to be so hard. Yeah. And I would like psych myself out for the hills. And then I was just like, a hill is just a hill until it's not a hill anymore. That's right. It sounds silly. But I also, yeah, I would like say affirmations going up the hills. Uh-huh. Like, I am strong. I got this. So then the hardest parts for me were the long straight stretches. Oh, yeah. Because you didn't have any affirmations <laughs> yeah. for those. I was like, people. And then we got to the longest straight. Yeah. And it was, it was just boring, right? These yeah. long straight stretches. Yeah. Oh. But a hill is just a hill until it's not a hill anymore. That's right. I had an experience. I did the hike to Machu Picchu oh, yeah. many years ago. It was like a four day hike through on the Inca Trail. And the second day is all uphill the entire day. Yikes. All day. And you're carrying like backpack. Or uh, no? or just a small okay. tra- backpack. Yeah. Um, and Still, though, it's just, it's basically a staircase that lasts for about six or seven hours. And I started to give myself affirmations as well as connect with the plants and animals on the mountains, because also the the people there um, respect all of life, all sentient beings, and view all of life as ancestors. So when you see a hawk or when you see a lizard or you see a deer or oh, even a flower, you can recognize your family Crazy. in that because we're all living on Mother Earth's body. We're all part of one organism. Therefore, all this energy is cyclical and um, it, it allows us to have reverence and respect for all the animals we see and all the beings we see, that we are all related, that we are all, in, in a way, they're our ancestors. So I took this with me on this hill, this giant hill, and I said, okay, if I am, if I am the lizard, then I can slither up this hill. Oh. If I am the hawk, then I can fly gracefully oh. to the top. And then I, it occurred to me that if I am the hill, then I am already at the top. Oh. And those types of, aff- the, I wouldn't say they're affirmations. Visualizations. Visualizations gave me so much energy and lightness yeah. uh, and strength. A lot more fun than this is so hard. Totally. Are we there yet? Yep. It was more imaginative and yeah. creative. Anyway, Very it, just, cool. it just reminded me of that. Yeah. It's a hill until it's not a hill anymore. Become one with the hill. Um, Where it's just like whatever in life, like there's going to be hard times, but it's not going to last forever. Yeah. So you're filled with advice and words of comfort, but your tent buddy asks, what advice or words of comfort would you give to your eight-year-old self? What advice and words of comfort Mm, to my eight-year-old self? That's interesting. I wonder like what grade you're in as an eight-year-old, maybe like second. You're usually five years older than your grade. So about third grade, probably. Yeah. I, you know, I think I would just tell my eight-year-old self 
always believe in yourself and that what in what you believe is possible for yourself and um you are loved no matter what you do or say or be you are loved beautiful you think an eight-year-old can handle handle that mm-hmm. and absorb it well maybe they don't need the you are no matter what you say but just like you yeah like you're loved no matter what you are loved Aww. how about you are loved and even if you don't hear it often even if it doesn't seem like people are cheering you on Oh, you are loved. Oh, that's so great. Because I didn't get acknowledged growing up. I can tell you're getting touched by this. Yeah, my they didn't. My parents didn't tell us that they loved us or hugged us until we were older. Because that was just how my mom grew up. My mom wasn't grown up with that sort of affection, so we didn't get that. So I do have wounding around. Mm. Nobody cares about me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful, though, to tell your eight-year-old self that you are loved. Yeah, because I was like, hmm. Well, yeah, I'm like, I think I already always did believe in myself and these things. But yeah, that's a good message to say. But yeah, that probably of, I can't go, I don't really remember much of my childhood, like that stuff. But Mm -hmm. knowing that what I have and discovered Mm -hmm. growing up, then I'm like, yeah, I think that I probably needed to hear that I'm loved, even if people aren't saying it or like your mom is working a lot because she wants to provide for you. That's right. Like love looks different for love different families. Love looks different, yep. I think I was comparing like my mom being at work to my best friend's mom who was at like making us apples with peanut butter and raisins and after school snack and was always around. Yeah. We don't understand the economics of the home at that age. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, love looks different. You're loved. Um, Our... Friend Tiercees yeah. Inglehart, her husband Matthew, um, who is the father of Ryland Inglehart. Um, <laughs> I love the story that Matthew told Ryland when he was a youngster. You're off the hook. You don't. You are loved. You are loved. You you can do no wrong. You will always have my love. Mm. That kind of. I was, and when I heard that. It basically give him permission to fail, give him permission to go be wildly yeah. successful, either one, you know, um, that his, he will always have the love of his father. Yeah. I was so envious of that when I first heard that. Um, I was envious of that, to, to think that a parent could tell their child, yeah. you well, are loved. That when he had said that to Ryland, that Matthew had done a ton of work. Of course. On himself. Yeah. But, I'm saying, but I don't think, you know, now as adults, we realize, oh, our parents, adults are not like these, they are wise beings, but a lot of them are just dealing with their own shit and don't really, you know. Yeah. That's I'm like, even though I was saying that and felt like I had this one, like I know that my mom did the absolute best mm-hmm. and that she loves me so much. Yeah. That it sucks that I have some wounding around that as a kid, but I don't blame her for it. But maybe it doesn't suck because a lot of the work that I do in the world is me actually serving my own wound, which is serving so many other people's. Wow. You know, like what I am constantly acknowledging and the reason I'm so open about my stuff is that. I know that so many other people are struggling with the same thing. Yeah. So all the most of the messages that I'm mostly sharing are things that I need. So yeah. thank you, mom. Yeah. You know, for that too. Like yeah. <laughs> that this might be where you and I are similar then because I'm I'm just seeing now, and I've seen this before, but I'm really present to it right now that my songwriting is me 
trying to fill whatever gaps or wounds or heal wounds that I, uh, that I have around love and intimacy or family, um, self-worth, all those things. So when people acknowledge me for just being this giver of love and I'm always love, it's the opposite. I feel like I've had these holes in me mm-hmm. where I've not fully grasped it or understood it or felt it. And I can fill that up through my practice of songwriting, my practice of journaling. My practice, right. Yeah. That's, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, usually what I'm writing or sharing is stuff that I'm needing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need those messages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in the world of songwriting, and probably the same for literature or even this um, podcasting, the more personal something is, the more yeah. universal yeah. it becomes. Yeah. Because you really get to the human. Yeah. And I think I was actually, I was interviewed on a podcast for someone else's podcast this weekend. They, you know, were sort of like, they asked, but they kept going. So I didn't get to actually answer that question, but it was like, how are, are you able to be so open and vulnerable about like your stuff? Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, that's me. Like I'm right now. Like it's, I have I'm not thinking I'm not enough about this. Like I share that sort of stuff all the time. And I think that what you were saying is like, where you're saying it's universal, you know, the, the painful stuff or whatever we're really feeling is usually universal. I think that that was also the gift of the fact that I did work with people like you, but people that are, have notoriety, fame in the world that other people then are looking up to because they wrote this big song or whatever. So then we are putting these people on a pedestal and I got to see firsthand, oh, they're a human too. And so I think that that was something that clicked into gear for me. Like we all have the same shit in different ways or whatever. And I think that is what motivates me to be so open and vulnerable about my own stuff is because that I realized, like I did see firsthand, like these people that we are putting on a pedestal for being so amazing, Mm -hmm. they have pain, they have doubts, they have fears, they have woundings too. And so like that, that I think sunk into me that like, yeah, open up and share about this because it helps that to somebody, oh, it's not just me. It's not just me. It's the human story. Human condition. Human condition. Um, stay in that family. I'm. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna share a message from Tiercees. Oh. Who thinks, according to the email, this is a fabulous idea and a great way to celebrate her with the heart emoji. So either she means this is a great way to celebrate her heart. Or this is just a great way to celebrate her. But I think with you, they are one and the same. No. You wear your heart on your sleeve. Having been a guest on her podcast recently, she is so aware of your deep love and interest in others. Trisha's heart is so pure, kind, and open that sharing time with her gives that sharing time with you gives to others so much more than I could have imagined. Mm. Um you are a gift to this world, and I look forward to being part of your life forever. When I think of you, I smile inside and out. My question for you is, if you could leave your children with one message, what would that be? I've already set that in place by giving them the same middle name, Rose, which represents my favorite quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, mm. which is, I always don't remember if I'm saying it correctly or paraphrasing, but I believe it's no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Mm. So I gave both of them the middle name Rose to represent that quote. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Incredible. Which that idea is, you know, is actually where Claim It came from. 
because that I came across that quote when I was starting to become a live sound engineer, meaning like, hi, I want to do what you're doing and showed up every day at House of Blues and people are like, what are you doing? Girl, you don't know what you're doing. That that was a quote that really helped me. No one can make me feel inferior without my consent. So unless I can't feel inferior less than unless I am selling myself that. But what I've realized over the years is that no one can make us feel anything without our consent. No one can make us feel that we are enough, successful, nothing, no achievements. No one can even make us feel loved without our consent. You can have the most amazing, loving people in your life. But if you are attached to the fact that you are not worthy of love, then you won't be able to really feel that love. So that's where the idea of claim it came from, that it's up to us to claim our joy, our worth, our value, our enoughness. Mm-hmm. It was all based around that quote. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's, a big, that's a big message to leave with your kids. Powerful. Wow. Did you hear my stomach? Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was yours or mine. <laughs> I was mad. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think it was mine. <laughs> Where I was moved. I was so moved by that. Um, Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, another quote. Small minds talk about people. Uh, Medium-sized minds, average minds discuss events. Great minds discuss ideas. I think you're a great mind. You discuss ideas. I meet a lot of people who just want to chit-chat the gossip, usually about people or events they went to, and I ain't got time for that. In fact, Christina gave me a patch that says Chit-Chat Survivor. Because she knows I'm not a fan of small talk. I would rather talk about big ideas. No, I know. I mean, I remember as your Joelle, just I also ran security and be like, oh, uh, he's got to (laughs) go. I could tell that the conversation was not like, oh, we've got to go over here now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So bravo to you for leaning in discomfort and wanting to have big conversations. You know, how's your life going? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, speaking of Christina, she asked, and we're talking to Christina Carano, my partner, what do you love about yourself? What do I love about myself? Hmm, I mean, I love a lot of things. <laughs> Let me tell you what Christina loves oh, okay. about yourself. Uh, Trisha is that friend who always checks in and takes the time to actually call you. She asks you the hard questions and makes sure you're living your best life. Wow, I just said that. Mm-hmm. I love her infectious laugh. Although you say today that your cough is not infectious, it's just allergies. Yeah. Um, and our three hour power walks, um, which we know she'll sign up and do a marathon yeah. on the spot. She has no problem with power walks. She has let me borrow her car, helped me with my business, and given me unconditional support and love at some of my hardest and greatest moments in life. Happy birthday, Trisha. I'm beyond grateful for our 20-year friendship. I love you. And she wants to know, what do you love about yourself? Yeah. So I do. I love a lot of things about myself. Um, You know, I'm going to... The thing I'm going to say the most I love about myself would be what I brought up already is sort of like that relentless belief in myself that and that's not meaning that it's like unwavering I don't know relentless meaning like oh I'm faced with doubts and fears and like judging myself still all the time I would say daily but 
at the bottom of it, I can notice, okay, that's a doubt. Okay. That's a fear. Okay. That's a worry. Okay. And always go, no, I, I believe in myself that that's what made me become a live sound engineer. When I didn't know what that was, but I just would go to concerts and see people adjusting the sound. That's what made me be like, I'm going to create a new job for myself on tour as a joyologist to keep artists healthy and grounded in body and mind. I'm going to create an affirmation deck and people will buy it and support my Kickstarter. I'm going to write a book and a literary agent is going to sign me and a publishing house will buy it. Right. <laughs> and all that shit is scary and yeah. hard. And like I said, I doubt and I have fear and worry all the time. But at the bottom, I'm like, yeah, I believe it's all possible. Mm -hmm. You're relentless. Yeah. And a little crazy. I'm definitely a little crazy. Yeah. But the good kind. I mean, yeah, the I feel like kind. I'm a grounded crazy. Yeah. You have to be crazy to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. You do. I just, mean, I realize. To some degree, yeah, you have to believe in something. Yeah. You no, know, they're like, I'm not like, what's feel? I feel like I'm grounded in my craziness. Yeah. Which is a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing to be um, grounded in your craziness so that you can be chaotic and creative in your work. That's what I feel. I like when I'm working on music, um, my journal looks like a madman because it's arrows and X's and scratches and squeezing in little lines and stuff. And it's chaotic and it's crazy, but it's the birthing of something. But it's, I'm only able to do that because my house is tidy. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know if that's a, the right, the right way of saying that's the only way to do it. But, um, I think I I got it from a Tom York interview when I was a kid or a burgeoning songwriter. Um, remain orderly in your life so that you can be chaotic in your work hmm. instead of the other way around. Right. Your life is chaotic and then you try to have all this order in your work. It's, yeah. it's not the same. Interesting. Yeah, I get that. And that's also yeah, like that has been, especially being an entrepreneur as a mom that like my time and all, you know, it's not as absolute as like how much time I get even. It's like, even if like, oh, they go to school these days, well, they could be sick or like, you know, that. So it's like not being attached to when I can work on things, just knowing like ideas are always coming and like write them down now. It's not like I have to work at this time and do this by this time. And these are like, you know, like, yeah, I think like having the freedom and allowing myself to dream, which mm. I think like, again, over some time, there's been some years where I think I didn't allow myself to dream. And like, this is it. This is where I'm going to live for the rest of my life. And this is my, are going to be income or how will I even make money? And it's like, allow yourself to dream. Like you never know what come, come out of your dreams. If you actually allow yourself to mm -hmm. not be this stuck and like, well, this is my life. I don't have the capabilities and possibilities that other people do. You do if you create them for yourself and then believe in them and then you actually have to take some action too. Yeah. Yep. You, um, it's as simple as, um, I've been thinking a lot about trees recently and the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. The next best time to plant the tree is right now. Yeah. And for for anyone who's ever planted a tree or even thought about it, you're thinking, oh my gosh, this thing is so puny look at it. It's going to be a decade before it's anything resembles a tree. I just got lemons off a tree planted two years ago, the first lemon. <laughs> it feels good though, right? Yes. It really does. Yeah. And I mean, the first step is commit, just dig the hole, plant the tree. But then the next step is water it, feed it, tend to it, you know, 
dream with it. And if you'll start to notice, are its leaves yellowing? Is it, is it surviving? Is it getting enough food, et cetera? But then eventually it becomes a relationship and it's easy to water it. It's easy, easy yeah. to recognize it. And especially now that you're starting to get lemons from it, it's even easier to honor it and revere it and love this, love this tree. And by the end of a decade, which isn't that much time, if you think about it, it's not that much time. It seems like it's a lot from standing here looking forward, but standing here looking totally. back at 10 years, it's a blink of an eye. Yeah. And I have 10-year trees that are towers, that are gorgeous. I wish I'd planted them in different spots because I don't like what they're doing in the size. I didn't know because when they were small, I was like, oh, I can just put it right here. But no, it's growing into a ginormous thing. And it's so beautiful. Um, and the same thing it can easily be done with your dreams, your yeah. goal, your entrepreneurship, your your book, your movie, your your love life, um, anything. You just commit to planting something and then all you got to do is water it yeah. and honor it, honor it. And one day you're going to have this big, beautiful creation in your backyard that serves you lemonade. <laughs> Which is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's that easy. <laughs> um, our friend Chaska Potter. Hi, Chaska. Of Raining Jane says, you have created a big, beautiful life for yourself. Woman manifesting your own business and starting a family at the same time. You are amazing. My questions for you are, do you feel content? <laughs> I wanted to say yes and no. Yes and no, but I mean, I think uh, in some ways, no. So, well, so I'm able to every day, like, yeah, I'm grateful for my life. And I have these kids that I always dreamed of. And I get to do, put my own like voice and heart out into the world in ways that I want to every day and in different ways. Um, but I'm saying no, because I do have these bigger dreams inside of me that I am working on happening, but I also am not attached to the timing of them. So even though right now I am saying like, I'm getting a literary agent by this day and a book release, like I also realize it might not come that easy, but of course I'm going to believe in the, <laughs> and keep championing the, it's yeah. happening right now. Yeah. But I am, that's also again with the grounded craziness that I see it could take time and I might get notes that, Hey, you're going to need to take try this or you have potential, but maybe not this idea. Um, so I am content and happy with my life, but I'll, like, yeah, I have a lot of things inside of me that I'm excited to birth as well that aren't human children. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to say, or was there another question or was, are you in content where you are right now? There is another question, but I didn't read it yet. Okay. Well, and that also, uh, I Justin Willman and I, who is the episode that comes out the week before this one, we talk about that at the end of his episode because it was like, you did it. You got everything you ever wanted. You made your magic TV show. Like, mm -hmm. you're happy and sort of like, we talked about that both thing that, you know, the idea of claim it, like you have to claim your joy and your worth and value in the now. Um, but that doesn't mean you're never going to want more. And so like, that's the point of the claim it too, is that like, I do feel that I'm enough. I am grateful for who I am and where I am in my life. And that me wanting these other things like a book deal and wanting to speak more isn't because to prove to someone else or to myself that I'm enough. That like I am, I feel that I am enough who I am right now 
and I'm grateful for what I have, but I am itching for these bigger things, but it, to like being paying attention to why you want things. Is it because then I can say I wrote a book? Is it because then I can say, I, but no, like I really, you know, feel like I have a lot to share and say, and I really feel like it can change people's lives if they listen and actually apply the things to their own life. So that's what I'm like, I am content, but I'm not because like, no, I'm like, I got a lot more to share people. Mm-hmm. But that it's not like if I died tomorrow, I wouldn't be like that my life was a waste or you know, anything like that. Sure. Well, if you died, you wouldn't even right. sit around and say... Well, if say, I got like a sent, If I got like a, oh, you have, by the way, you have brain tumor and you're going to die oh, in no. 30 days, Jeez. I wouldn't feel like, I didn't do it. My life's going to, you know, be over and I didn't do those things yet. Like, I am working on those things, but... I think you would still write the book if you had 30 days. Yeah. I'm going to... <laughs> Sorry, kids. I'm not going to see you. I have to write my book. <laughs> That'd be on your lap. Um, God, that got really dark and morbid there for a second. <laughs> Well, um, but I, I just chime in and say, I think creative people yeah. are probably content and yet never content right? because there's so much that you want to do and say and create. And there's so much of interacting with the divine and interacting with soul purpose and calling when you are being creative. Yeah. And I get like itched every day yeah. with some idea of yeah. something. Yeah. So, yeah. And based on what we've talked about on this podcast so far about how the work you're doing out there that's helping others is the work you're doing that's helping yourself. Right. And I, I sitting here make up that you writing a book is sort of almost at least a culmination in the now of all the work you've done yes. and funneling it through this book. So you can say, okay, up to this age, up to this point in my life doing this work for the last decade plus, this is what I've arrived at. Yeah. And there will be more to come after this. But where I am now is I am ready to funnel all this into yeah. a that, book. That is where I really am is that I've said I've wanted to write a book for years, but I'm in the place right now of like, oh, it's happening. Like this, these are coming out of me and this is another book two idea. This is book three. Like right. it's a time in life. I made the space. I'm ready for this to be a thing. Like all of these things that I've been accumulating mm. and learning and living on my own, like, all right, it's time. Let's put it out there in a different way. Cause that sitting down and writing is much different than like me just talking about it, saying it on a podcast or a video or whatever. It takes more work to write it, which means more thought and more intention. Yeah. And digging deeper. Oof. Yeah. Cause I've, I wrote a couple of chapters already. Oh boy. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a jackass right now and, and just be like, tell some of the, no, I just wanted to like break character for a second and like, and go like this. Tell us about some of the characters in the book. Any clues on how it ends? <laughs> but that's like a jackass thing to do. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, the characters look me. Yeah. You, you, you make an appearance. I do. Chapter. Don't tell me. Just Don't kidding. tell me anymore. No, because the first, cha- it's about giving up the word should. So the first chapter is how it happened. So I talk about coming coming back to this house mm-hmm. after getting the news my father died mm. and then leaving to go on tour, mm. meeting Toka to give him all the money. Give him all the money? He I needed money? I was responsible to bringing the per diems and petty cash to Australia. Okay. And I wasn't getting on the plane, so I had to give it all to Toka. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got the news that my dad died, and I still had to stop at the bank, withdraw all the money, Put it into envelopes for each person and you have to give them to Toka. <laughs> Incredible. Did he ever give them to us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably still in his backpack. 
<laughs> Nobody knew. <laughs> Nobody knew he had it. <laughs> That's possible. We got to tell him. Let's go see Toka. <laughs> he could probably use the bread. Hey, do you remember the backpack you used in 2008? You still have that? <laughs> he might still be using it. We went to see a comedy show the other night. We parked the car. We're downtown. And we're, as we start walking out of the, you know, away from the parking lot towards the venue, he's carrying a huge, heavy shoulder bag. I'm like, hey, do you, do you want to leave that in the car? He's like, oh, it's got my keys, my wallet in it. I'm like, you don't, just leave it in the car, man. Just leave it in the car. I said, there's going to be security at the gate. And sure enough, there was. There was, you know, they go through bags, they check. I can't imagine what was in the bag, but I didn't mean to throw him under the bus right now. Um, no, we love Toka. He, but no, yeah, I mean, you don't really make, like your name makes an appearance probably in the book. It wasn't, like, yeah, got you it. don't make an appearance, but just like, I was supposed to go on tour. That day. And I just wanted to reference him right now because you brought him up. Yeah. And for those listening, he's a character. That's he all I'm saying. Every family has a character. Every community has characters. We're, we're all characters. And he was your, your percussionist. He's my percussionist, the, vocussionist, brother yeah. by choice. We've been together over 20 years. We still hang out. He occasionally comes yeah. on, does shows with me. Um, but just big, huge heart, different generation. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. character. He's character. I hope one day him. he is on your podcast. I know, I know you want I said that I think the best way to have my podcast is if you are also here. Oh. So it's like. So to facilitate. You, well, like I would ask him questions, but I just think it would be even better okay. with Jason I would be honored. Toka and Trish. I would be honored. Yeah. I would be honored. His birthday's coming up in February. Oh. He's oh, into his 60s now. He has a lot to say. So be fun to yeah, find right. to organize a podcast with Coming the two soon, of you. Toka Rivera. Okay. Thanks for that. Mitrisha again, popping in, celebrating my birthday by sharing with you a special deal on my app. This week, the week of my birthday episode, February 10th through 17th. Go get the app in your app stores, Google Play, and the Apple App Store. You know you can gift it too. Super awesome. Go get it at the special discounted rate, but year-round it's $3.99. You can afford that. Uh, so what is it? It's a daily inspiration app. What does that mean? You can come to the app at any time and get a little note of inspiration and affirmation, a thought that might get you out of your own way, thinking differently about your life and your current situation. You can also set a daily reminder. So every time at whatever time you choose, maybe 8 a.m., maybe 2 p.m., maybe 6 p.m., it reminds you to go check the app, but you can come at any time, pick a card. I just opened it and I got, I am allowed. So think about right now, where, where does that feel like, oh yeah, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to do what I want. I'm allowed to say no. You can hit the heart button to save it as a favorite. You could easily share it. There's even a journal section. If it strikes a chord, you could write a note about it. I'm going to hit show me a card again. And I got, are you doing it because you want to, because it serves you or just because it is a habit? So that one is a good one to reflect on. I'm going to hit show me a card again. I got trust yourself. So long, short thoughts, affirmations, hundreds of them. You'll never have to pay anything again. It's in the palm of your pocket, your hand all the time, because let's be honest, our phones are always with us. Tons of inspiration, empowerment, inquisition, inquisition, in inquiry. <laughs> you know what I mean. Go get the app in the App Store. Celebrate me. And if you already have that, please leave it a review. 
I love reviews. I love hearing from you. All right, let's get back to the episode. Own your awesome in the App Store. Um, so following up the contentment question, can you enjoy the fruits of your labor amidst the madness of it all? Can I enjoy the fruits of my labor amidst the madness of it all? Um, well, what I'm hearing from that is like, actually celebrate the things that I have created and created while still like pushing it this like business and just like everyday life. And that, yeah, like that's something that I do have to like remind myself like, holy shit, I created this app. That's pretty cool. Besides the fact of me like constantly pushing it, sometimes I'm not acknowledging myself like you wrote all these things. They're very nice. <laughs> you made this happen. Or like the deck even. The deck's been out for like five years now. And, and so, yeah, it's like, even though I'm shipping it yeah. regularly, even like sometimes I forget. What, what's great about that is like, and I just did, um, I just spoke at a travel with meaning event with Mike Scheibel and I brought the deck and had the card. So it's always fun to be in person with people and have people that don't know what the deck is or care or even about affirmations, pull a card and then see their expressions. That's when I'm really able to enjoy it. And anytime I get a message from anybody, whether it's an email, a comment on a post, you know, a DM, like thanking me for something, that really like makes me pause and remind myself like to, yeah. To enjoy the fruit. Yeah. That like, oh yeah, like you are doing, even though it's like I'm craving to do more and bigger messages in the book and everything like that, that it's like, yeah, this Instagram post changed somebody's day, mm -hmm. maybe even their life. Mm -hmm. And I have like, I've interesting left. I don't know if like December, January, where people were being more reflective. I got a lot of out of nowhere direct messages and emails of people saying like, I've been following you for years. You've changed my life. Like people that I haven't worked with one-on-one -on -one or even taken my programs that have been like writing me notes in the last couple of mo months. And that's think like that means so much. Mm. And that's also interesting that, so I don't, you know, like we don't hear from people. Yeah. That like I'm likely impacting many more people, but they aren't telling you. And that people are writing me like, oh, but I've been following you for this long and you've changed my life. Like seriously, like because of you, I've made these big changes in my life. So like we really don't know our impact. That's the power of the artist. You know. You know, and that'll happen because you've now made recorded and written works and you've made these cards and um, merchandise, things that will live beyond our years. Your art and expression will touch people 50 years from now. Or a yeah. hundred years from now, which is the beauty of creating. Yeah. Creating art. Cool. Molly Angelhart. Molly Engelhart. Oh, Molly Engelhart was also a guest. Yep. And it's kind of on this topic. She says she gets excited every time I see one of your bags or coffee cups or keychains circulating around her community. She is so proud not only of what you have built, but the love that you spread to those around you. Thank yeah. you, Molly. She's a special one. I think it was Emerson um, who said, if one life has breathed easier because you have lived, then that is to have success. That is success. So yeah, I think you are very successful. Thank you. Because I know myself included, but many people breathe easier because they know you. Thanks for that. You're welcome. You are a real joyologist. Which, by the way, do you know? Yeah, I think we might have mentioned in the last one. Ed Ture is the one who named me joyologist. Really? Yeah. I created this new position for myself, but I didn't give it a name. And then 
he was like, all right, so Trisha's the joyologist, like said it offhand with me, like down, like he was like six feet away from me, like down the hall. And I overheard him calling me the joyologist and like stuck. Hmm. Hmm. That's cool. I wonder if he'd ever heard it before. I don't know. Joyology. I mean, it was a sketch on Saturday Night Live years ago. It was? Yeah. Oh. But I think if you Google joyologist right now, it's pretty much just me and then those old Saturday Night... Like, I come up on, like, top things, which is kind of cool. Wow. Like, I'm the top thing and then also the Saturday Night Live sketch. Wow. I love that. We should Google that. Well, Trisha... Do you feel whole and complete with this special guest episode with you as a guest on your podcast? Is there anything you'd like to be acknowledged for? Is there anything that you would like to address as a guest that you'd like to maybe mm. promote while you're on this podcast today? No, nothing I feel like I want to promote. Maybe a shout out to that uh, Canadian recipient of your mug oh, yeah. that is uh, is uh, part of the... Terry, I do hope that you I did get all the other things were correct. <laughs> and yes. that it actually arrives safely to Check you. Check your packing slip and make sure the products line up. Alberta, Canada. It's cold up there this time of year. They need that hot mug. One time I toured with Tom Cochran all of January in, in Canada. Canada. It was like everything was frozen. My, I remember selling my birthday with them, which they, they were good people to celebrate with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really went for it. They like to celebrate. <laughs> Ettore, on that tour, his, it, on my birthday, it was so cold that his coat froze and cracked in half. <laughs> oh, my We were in gosh. Winnipeg. <laughs> wow. He doesn't even wear a coat anymore. That's probably That's the last yeah. coat he had. He's like, screw it. These things crack and fall apart. <laughs> I don't need one of these. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> well, um, you have any like fun? Do you have any fun memories or anything? Favorite moments with me or anything? Um, I don't know. I'm not feeling whole and complete. Okay, me either. <laughs> let's keep let's keep chatting. The um, well, for me, it was the daily the yoga that I would jokingly call shoga because mm. it was pre-show. Yeah, and on a on a good day, which was quite often, we could do it in the venue. Yeah. And we could do it where the audience would be standing and feel like we we're actually blessing up the, yeah, the and room. Yeah, we use the PA. And we use the actual concert PA to play our Playlist. joyology meditation yoga music. Yeah. Uh, for all the crew and venue and bartenders and ushers and, they'd and everybody be like to, to set hear. up the venue like barbacks yeah. and stuff and we'd be on yeah. the floor doing yoga with our loud yeah they're wheeling in like cases of beer <laughs> and cartons of milk or whatever they sell at venues popping popcorn and we'd be downward dogging and you were resistant to the yoga at first. I was a yeah. little bit because, you know, because I think I was a little embarrassed to maybe do it in front of people or thought that I needed alone time. But it after a couple of weeks, I felt a, a physical transformation and then started to notice where I was doing yoga off the mat. Mm-hmm. And that's when it clicked like, oh, this is why this is important. Yeah. This is what this is about. Yeah, because when I first started offering it, it was like everybody did it except Jason. 
Really? Yeah. Well, I remember when I first started offering yoga, like the tour manager, the lighting guys, the horns. Were I feel doing like it. tour manager did it once. Probably. That's what, this might be like the one time. I was in there that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um no and it wasn't it was only even like a couple days but yeah i'm like okay and i'm gonna offer yoga and um yeah and then it was it like just you and me and some other people would come and go yeah. bill bell hung in there mm-hmm. for a while when he was on yeah yeah he sent a nice oh. nice long note too which um, i'll get you just to got you. bored with reading him no, no there's <laughs> Not everybody had questions, so I could I could go through and read more effort, read more compliments if you like, which we can do. No, the questions, those were fun. But you know what? They might actually tie into some stories that we want to talk about. Okay. But yes, eventually I became pretty much your only yoga student, and uh, it was great. Yeah, and those tours, I remember where we got to mostly do the venues. I was Europe. And so there's some really cool like theaters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were doing, yeah, taking over the venues to do the yoga. Mm-hmm. The or, or pressing your cheek to the floor of who knows what. We did have yoga mats, but yeah, we were yeah. right on top of some gross <laughs> Yeah. And some, on a good day, we might get the lighting guy to like dim the yeah. lights and put the yeah. concert lights on. Yeah, we did, that worked out a lot. And that was nice. One of my favorite pictures is us in the woods behind Meriwether Post uh-huh. Pavilion doing headstands. Yeah, we found some cool places. I have a cool uh, one of us on the beach of Morocco. Morocco, doing also headstands. doing headstands. Yeah, which is a good thing. When you have a yoga friend, you get those headstand <laughs> memories together in exotic locations. And you know what? I got to tell you, there's probably not many like photographs that I can remember or that you... Um, yeah, like you, you have photographs so to help you remember. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is a photograph that I don't need the photograph for. Yeah. Because I remember it so well. It's so nice. Yeah. By the way, they've completely redone Meriwether Post Pavilion. Oh. Like completely remodeled. It looks like a hotel now in the back. Oh, interesting. A pool and... A pool? Yeah, I put in a pool and... Wow. Like... All right, a, let me know when you're going back. Decking and... <laughs> I'll come in for a drop-in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the venues have really gotten an upgrade the last couple of years. <laughs> so, yeah. We were doing it back when it was just like a marshy pad over on... Yeah. ...by the woods. Path. Um, Golly. What else can we talk about? Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking memories. Which Morocco, I was one of my... The Morocco always stands out to me when I think of like coolest tour experiences. I got to go there. And when you, you weren't doing a show, but you were shooting... We were... For, um, we I think we did a private show. Uh, remember? Oh, we, we did a right, private right, show right, in Marrakesh. Right. But, but the surf... But the I'm surf thinking of trip. the village where we surfed. Yeah. Um, which was you were shooting for some... Asus. Yep. Asus Computer Company yeah. in search of incredible. We right. were doing, um, we went all over the world yeah. looking at for incredible stories. Right. Oh, that was so amazing. And we chose Morocco with Jesse Billauer yeah. and surfing. Who's? He's a quadriplegic who is injured in a surfing accident when he was 17 years old and lost. Um, I was going to say he became paralyzed from the neck down with minimum use of his arms, um, but technically quadriplegic. And and only within a few short months, even, I think, uh, just a handful of years, um, 
by the encouragement of his friends and his love and passion for surfing, got back out in the water and became an advocate for um, those suffering from spinal cord injury. That's what he created. Life rolls on. He created on. Life Rolls On Foundation, which is events. freedom from paralysis by doing events, skating, surfing. I think they've even done skiing in the years past, but predominantly surfing and skating, people with um, spinal cord injuries. And it is opened up to anyone with disabilities can can sign up and go out and have these really fun experiences, connect with community. Um, I probably need to have Jesse on the podcast. You should definitely have Jesse on the podcast. He is such a motivated and motivational person. Yeah, I haven't seen him. Um, And I, my surfing is better because I know Jesse. Because he, we'd we'd sit and watch waves for hours and he'd say, that's where you want to be. This is what you want to do. Don't do this. Or he'd watch me surf and come in and go, oh, you should have done this, should have done that. You had plenty of time to do this, blah, blah, blah. You need to be higher up, blah, blah, blah. So. Very cool um, waterman. Very cool guy. Yeah. So yeah, we went to Morocco together. It looked like Star Wars. Surfing. Yep. Yeah. It was totally vacant out there and sandy and like little fishing village off the beaten path. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorite experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was scary, exotic, but also just so beautiful. Rich. Hmm. Where else, mm. where else have we gone? We've mm. been all over the world. A lot of been oh, to yeah. at least six continents together. Mm. Yeah, we've been a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. We don't have to. I feel good. Was there any other questions from you? <laughs> all of these have been questions for me. I've been interjecting my own throughout this process. Um, I don't want to say what's next for Trisha because I know that's what's currently going on is, you know, you got the book. Yeah. Book I is feel popping. Send me good vibes, peeps. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, yeah, maybe by the time this episode comes out, I have a literary agent. But yeah, I probably will still be looking for a book deal. But um, yeah, it feels, it feels, it feels good. It feels like it's happening. It's. But you got to like. Less than work. a year ago. <laughs> By the way, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Yeah. Say, say what you're going to say. You got to work. Well, I was going to say like, this is like a big thing and it's taken a lot of work, focus, me cutting things out of my life so that I could make writing the actual proposal a priority instead of like, I'm going to get around to that. I'm going to get around to that. Lots of asking and reaching out to people with how does even this process work? And could you introduce me to this? Could you pass this along? Could you write the forward to my book? <laughs> could you mm-hmm. like whatever that... Um, so lots and lots of uh, emotions and like getting out of my own way every day and like, okay, I'm going to write today. And then, you know, I'm sure with writing songs too, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to write a song. And then like, let me do this first or do that. And, yeah, let me make sure my house is I've orderly. I've got a lot of things done in the last couple of months when I've been in book writing mode. Exactly. <laughs> like all of these tasks that I put off for a year have gotten done. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, and I know that still will be a lot of work. and um. Yeah. I'm just sharing that for like people that have any sort of big dream out there, like make the space for it. I Mm -hmm. actually had to like make space for it. Say no to other things. Say no to money making opportunities. That's right. I did to make space for this because I really want it and feel I'm ready for it. I had to keep putting myself out there. Yeah. Because that when you're looking at money versus 
doing your task for your dream, you're basically saying, do I love money more or do I love my dream more? Because if you love money, great, go for the money. But what do you love to buy so much that you need the money? You know, but if you love your dream, that is going to pay you back tenfold. Yeah. When I also was just like, well, when am I going to, I, you know, like if I say yes to this opportunity, which is something I would have loved to do also, and then it would have given me this much money every month, which I do need to pay my bills. But when would I have ever, at some point, I'm going to have to make space to actually do this thing that I really want to do. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a big choice. And yeah. Yeah. And there's, yeah, I'm like, I've already gotten some no's from people. And I honestly, I got rejections from literary agents and I was so excited <laughs> to even get a response. Like, oh, it's happening now. I feel like I'm, I'm interacting with someone. A literary agent said passed and wished me, sent me their best wishes that I would find the right match. Like, I was like excited by a no of like, this is a real thing. I'm putting myself out there. This is part of it. Rejection is part of it. That's right. I'm living my dream of getting rejected. That's right. <laughs> Well, a year right ago, agent, a year ago, you were asking me about equipment for a recording podcast, and you were thinking, "Should I? Maybe I'm going to start doing these podcasts." I mean, look what's happened in a year. You've had, yeah. it, it, you've had almost fifty episodes, probably at least forty interactions with different people on these having these conversations. Which a year ago, you were thinking, "I'm going to have to make time for this," and I'm going to have to ask people if they want to sit and have a chat with me, and it now. It just seems so natural. Now it yeah. seems like it's just part of your life. And um, and it's that, yeah, that's the so perfect nervous. example of making time for it and look how much it gives back. Yeah, and I was. When we recorded, because you were my first guest, I was so nervous. You offered me coffee and I was like, I can't have coffee. <laughs> I can't have coffee. <laughs> I'm already shaking. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm just re-saying all of that because a reminder to everybody out there, you just got to like do the thing, put yourself out there, tell somebody you want to do it. Cause that also kind of like, also when I emailed you, I had messaged a couple people like, I'm pretty, I think I'm putting a podcast out this year. I would love to have you on as a possible guest. I was just collecting yeses. You said, yes, I'm available these dates. And then that me go, oh, fuck, well, I better buy the equipment and start doing this then. Uh-huh. So you saying not just like, yeah, I'd love to be a guest, but you said, yeah, I can do it between this chunk of time and this chunk of time is what made me actually start. Great. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So if you have an idea, put it out there. Nothing inspires like a deadline. <laughs> because you no, know, that person might not give you a deadline, but like... That's the window of opportunity. Then they might start asking you about it or something like that, that they're going to help you remember what you want to do mm-hmm. or call you into it or be like, oh, I know this. Like I've gotten introduced to other people's literary agents because I'm putting myself out there and telling people what I'm doing. It seems scary. Yeah. I used to be of the mindset of don't tell people what you're doing because then it won't happen. Uh-huh. You know, like you mm-hmm. would curse yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't tell people that you're waiting to hear back from this person because then that you're cursing yourself. Now I'm of the other mindset, like tell people, let them support you, let them know what's going on. You know, they might end up being like, oh, introducing you to somebody else. You don't even know, like you don't know what's going to happen. That's right. Networking. Connection could lead. LinkedIn. You don't know about asking your local post office if they can pull a package out of the thousands that they have. That's right. I... I'm not that guy to ask the post office. <laughs> hey, Most can I have that aren't. package back? I don't want to ask anybody anything. So thank you for having me be your host. <laughs> I know. I was like, Jason, 
<laughs> I have an idea. You want to interview my podcast? Uh, and then I'm like, wait a minute, you might be the worst. <laughs> no, thank you. But now I have a question. Okay. So no, you say, might be, not be the worst because yes, you aren't. But yeah, not uh, of inquiry of other people often. I'm curious, but I don't want to be nosy, and I'm not. I'm not inquisitive <laughs> like I am. Yes, asking a million questions all the time. Right. But now I do have a question. Okay. So say you have something to share uh, or, a, or a powerful request and it makes you a little nervous, right? You know it's going to be an uncomfortable ask or an uncomfortable share. Is there something you do? So it, let, me, let me back up from, from my own experience. So I have things to share with people, like updates on what's going on in different projects. And it's uncomfortable because they go in new directions that leave some people out of mm. the picture. And all of a sudden at times, I'll feel really confident and like now's the time to pick up the phone and call them because I, I'm almost, I can be detached from the outcome and I can just say what I need to say because that's the most important thing. But, but most of the time, I'm really sensitive to how they're going to feel when I say it. So then it limits me from picking up the phone and calling and saying it. So when you're in this case of wanting to share something profound or scary or uncomfortable, is there something you do to psych yourself up for that conversation? Or is there something you do to help you stay detached from the outcome? Yeah. And some different things, because if it's one, something that I'm making like an ask that can feel uncomfortable. And it is, you know, I think it's a lot about language and, you know, and making sure that I always feel like the other person is being appreciated, heard and seen. Mm -hmm. So even if I'm asking them something, like to know a lot of times I'm asking like, hey, this is my ask. I realize, you know you probably have a lot going on or this, I respect you for this reason. So feeling like it's not a like you have to do this or even like I've helped you so much so you better help me out sort of thing because I also don't think anything ends up feeling good. Like you want to do something because you want to, not because what you expect to get from it in return. And I think that, that that's what I want other people that are saying yes to me, that they're not saying yes to me just because they want to get something in return or like, okay, I'm going to come back to you. So I'm always hoping, how can I say this, whether it's write this or speak this, where the other person feels like I am actually hearing them and seeing them and appreciating them and realizing like the possibility, like there's a good possibility they're not going to take this well. There's a good possibility they're going to say no. So seeing the possibilities and then still being like, but it's really important for me to ask this or share this. So knowing like realizing that it could go all these different ways. Um, but trying to come from love and acknowledgement. And so then, yeah, if you're delivering some sort of news or announcement where you are feeling like that person might then feel like left out or something, then yeah, it's still coming with the like, there's a possibility they're probably going to feel hurt or sad a little bit, maybe even angry, and that those are valid feelings. But this is also something that 
they're, they actually, they're they're better off for knowing this and not right. hiding it or trying to tiptoe around it. Mm. They're going to sense a weird energy because yep. I haven't been telling them. Yep. Um, so I always do believe, and I have always been someone that has the hard conversations and that ha- says the things. Um, but I always try to come from my heart and know this is going to be hard for me and them. But in the end, it's better that they know. And I say this. And so again, even if they're going to take it with some pain, then to be relaying it with love and I hear you and I see you and I appreciate you. Mm. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, I, another thing is like, that's also the languaging that sometimes it's like the I, not like you did this or you did this, or can you do this for me? It's like, I have been feeling this or I'm called to do this. And so, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think intention and integrity. Integrity. Yeah. That's what you evolved into. Yeah. You called me your manager of integrity. Yeah. I love that title. Yeah. She's my manager of integrity. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, that means she's going to make me do what I said I was going to do. <laughs> and she's going to be constantly checking in with me. Well, why are you doing that? Is it mm-hmm. because you want to or because other people are? Because that's what's easiest? Or is that what you really want? wow were you so glad yeah i I mean i do also in that topic like do you remember times when you're kind of like damn it why do i have trisha here yeah (laughs) she's holding me to these she's holding me to my integrity and i just want (laughs) i just want to be a slacker rock and roller (laughs) instead i'm having to do big things in the world (laughs) why is she making me face my shit and be honest and Oh my gosh. Because I pay her to do that. Yeah. So you're going to come on the road in the fall? I'm bringing your, I'm bringing your baby daddy. Did you hear? Uh, yeah. Uh, you, helped me, you helped me probably secure him. Yeah, I mean. Thanks for that, by the way. We'll see. We'll see what? <laughs> no. If he can go? Yeah. Is he changing his mind? Well, no, he's not changing his mind. It's just not that much work and he does have to help pay oh, our bills. I know. I'm sorry. It's only Which like I was like, weeks. I hope you made it clear to his camp that you're a yes as long as nobody oh. else can logs you in for six months or so. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. He's, so he's not someone like me that speaks up and makes sure that everybody has uh-huh. a... He maybe doesn't have... I'm not saying out of integrity. He has great integrity. But whereas I have a stronger integrity where like... I want you to know I love working for you, but I hope you realize <laughs> I have a family to support. So if somebody comes along and offers me a longer a gig, gig, I'm going to take it. Take it because your gig is not for six months from now. So I will give you fair warning. Cool. But I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> but anyway, like I'm someone that wants to be very clear with people. <laughs> yeah. You're his manager, apparently. <laughs> <I'm not>. <laughs> 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 no, I have always been like that. I mean, I remember, yeah, I have a long history of standing up for myself and being clear. <laughs> Holding people to what they have also told me. <laughs> Making sure we're on the same page. You know, those having those conversations is that I liked of being of integrity for me is like making sure that people realize this. And I don't want people to think that I said something to them and then like I'm not coming back to it or, yeah. I don't know. I feel like people can tench weird energy. So I always want to have the conversations that can feel awkward or challenging because then you can dissipate that energy because mm-hmm. you're going to end up carrying it too. Mm. You're carrying awkward energy when not, you're not saying things yeah. or being clear. 
I like that. So it seems like it's easier to deflect and ignore. For me, it's easier just, it's harder in that moment, but then I'm not carrying around. Right. That energy. That's cool. Yeah. That's some Kung Fu stuff. Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about Kung Fu. Me but <laughs> I think that's what it's about. All right. Yeah. About just being like, <laughs> just like take it, do the hard stuff, and then you you move on. Yeah. Freely. And you can actually like be present. Rather than add more junk to your invisible backpack that weighs a thousand pounds of awkward, annoying, yeah. unspoken things. Yeah. Which I think that's probably related to the gift of the pain, like physical pain and stuff I've had in life. But that's when I almost committed suicide when I was 15. I realized I couldn't do anything about the physical pain. I could do something about the emotional pain that we cause ourselves mm. every day. That we're letting all these doubts, fears, shame, I should have said this, done that. What am I supposed to do? Weigh on us and carrying it around. I don't have space for that shit because I got real stuff living in my body. So I got to be free and clear and in the now and in integrity. So I can't take on that extra pain. Yeah. So wow. I think that's why I'm kung fuing it all the time. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I see you, doubt. Bam, you're out. Bam, karate chop. <laughs> wow. All right. How about that? I'm feeling good. Yeah? Yeah. Unless okay. you have anything else to say. Um, Jesus, Krishna, do you have anything else to say? They've been coming and going. The doors have been <laughs> open. So if I had to close the doors, they probably would have laid here on the couch with us next to this comfortable fire and um, on this couch, which I have regrets buying because <laughs> it's for reclining. It's very, um, you sink into it. Yeah. Which is nice. Which is nice. And but if you have elders visiting, <laughs> they don't want to sit on your couch. Because they will never get up. Exactly. They need help. They need help. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lay down couch. <laughs> Can you roll me off? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I'm glad we did the interview on it because I feel like I'm getting my money's worth <laughs> on this couch. <laughs> Now it's a famous couch, Good, thanks yeah. to you. Yeah. I also um, had conversations with Anya Marina and John Morrow recording on this couch. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, how about that? So. <laughs> that's cool. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, that's... I'm pretty sure you were here and you walked in while we were recording. Uh, I don't think I walked in. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. I don't think I was in the other room. No, that's true. Yeah. You said hi to Anya in there. That's right. I said hi to her in the studio, I think. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah I, saw right. you, I saw you guys on the premises. Okay, okay. All right. You're off the hook. Okay. <laughs> I believe. I don't know why I just assume you're at like the, the table up, or something. Or, yeah, or the... Uh, I just yeah, assume no one sits at the, on the couch because it's not a No, city. we enjoyed the couch. You know what? I'm really enjoying the couch today. <laughs> I'm reclined. <laughs> um, although I do wish the cats were here. Uh, my cats are... You know, people, I've heard this from somewhere, that you are the five people that you hang out with the most. In which case, I am three cats. I am my marital partner. And I don't know who the fifth is. It's a, that the fifth is a rotating. 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 Cast. It's either Billy Galewood, Chaska Potter, Justin Jonte. Right. The farm manager, my farm manager, and one of my BFFs. So yeah, I'm, I'm an amalgamation of them. I, I mean, it used to be me years ago. Yeah. I was there every day. But um, three cats in the top five is probably 
not great for a social life or to be have social commentary or host a podcast. Right. So um, most people, like a lot of people probably that would get, would think of the people that they were around the most. They just wouldn't even actually think to name their cats. Oh, so that's, that's true. <laughs> so that's saying something about you. <laughs> but I am around them a lot and we communicate. <laughs> my but, laugh is bringing my cough up today. But they are ancestors. They are living beings. We share this earth together. Um, we have different diets, but it's pretty much the same sleep schedule. What is, what can we leave? How can we end on a high note? Hmm. Um, what is your calling? Oh, right. My calling is, which... I'm using a calling. This is, we actually did a workshop where it was like, what is your calling? I'm trying to remember my exact written out calling from this workshop. My calling is people uncover. Oh, my, my people, all these people. Oh, my calling is people constantly uncovering and honoring who they are. Mm. My calling is people constantly. I added the constantly because it is like a daily. Yeah. More than daily. We forget things get in our way. A doubt, a fear, an accident, a this. We forget what yep. we are, what we want to say, who we are in the world. Life gets busy. We call these people constantly uncovering because doubts, fears, mm -hmm. shoulds of the world come on Peeling there. off the layers. And honoring who they are. And I feel like, yeah, like that was a lot of the work, even though we didn't come up with that calling until last year. Like that was the manager of integrity. Like a lot of the work that I have always done is me like asking a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> Being inquisitive, and why are you doing that? And what, and how does that make you feel? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, um, I would say that is very true, and that you have always been living in that calling. And even today on this podcast, even though I've known you for a very long time, still being with you right now, I got to uncover some things, yeah, and and uh, help me get real. Cool. Even though this podcast isn't about me, yeah. it's about you. I I leave here knowing how I can better serve my community through my actions, through my integrity, through my word, through my truth, through my love for them. My calling is people experiencing freedom and joy. And so it would actually be in my calling for me to pick up the phone and acknowledge them and speak on some current truths that are happening in my life so that I can, so that not only I can have freedom and joy, but they too can have freedom and joy. Here's an irony. Um, I don't know if it's called irony um, exactly, but um, usually when I check in with someone about something that's going on in my life, people always think it's about them. Yeah. And that is so, it's almost beautiful, but it's also um, kind of heartbreaking to know that how much you have an effect on someone. So, for example, if I'm if I'm going through some business fog, right, and I'm shut down from communicating with some people who only would talk to me about business, right. but I'm going through my own thing anyway. When I finally catch up with that person and tell them I've just gone through some stuff, they go, "Oh my gosh, it was, I thought it was something I did." Right. So they make up that mm -hmm. you haven't been in as, in as great as correspondence or relationship because of something they said or did that like, oh, what did I do? Jason isn't feeling me or isn't like me, whatever. 
It's really, I'm and just it's not. Usually, t- you're in your own yeah, shit. I'm in my own shit, and I don't want to unload my shit on them. Yeah. That's really it. Yeah. And then when I finally unload my shit on them, they go, oh, thank God. I thought it was me and my shit. But yeah, you didn't were like, I've been waiting. Oh, I don't want to tell people about this. And they're like, oh, thank you. Yeah. They say thank you, and they get, they get freedom and joy yeah. out of knowing what my shit is. Yeah. Um, but that's not what my calling My calling isn't, I have shit and you need to know about it. <laughs> my calling is people experiencing freedom and joy. So yeah. however that looks. So I want to, you know, give people time on the couch. I want to invite people over for dinner if that's what they want. I want to give people jobs. I love giving people jobs. Freedom and yeah. joy. And when I think, you know, since you were saying, ta- hinting at this conversation you were saying too, where it, Maybe that doesn't bring them immediate joy, but the freedom. And then I feel like freedom and truth can be entwined. And so like when they know what's happening, then they can experience the freedom. Whereas they might be living in this place of noticing like, oh, why this? I feel this weird energy. So they're not really living in freedom because they're hanging on to like what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you're giving them freedom by being true. Yeah. Thank you for helping me uncover that. You're you are living your calling and you are a great podcast host. Oh, thank you. You have a great voice on the microphone. Mm. You have great questions with your guests. Um, great banter. You have the ability to retain a lot of what is happening in the conversation, which I've noticed. Because oh. a lot goes on in these conversations. Yeah. yeah. And then you can still bring it back yeah. to where you were. Yeah, I do notice that. That'll be like, oh, okay, and let's go back to you were 15. Yeah, that was great. No, it's really good. You're you're keeping it, uh, you know, you're being inquisitive for for an unwritten story. And yet at the same time, you're being a storyteller, which is very cool. Thank you. It's very cool. Thank you. Is there a favorite episode? Well, I I haven't listened to all of them. No, it's impossible. It's not not impossible. (laughs) (laughs) I call bullshit. (laughs) It's 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 not impossible. (laughs) But I have a long task list of things to do with my cats. Me and my cats, we can't decide what to listen to all the time. So most of the time, we put on instrumental music and we fall asleep. Um, wow, I apologize. I didn't mean that. It's It's impossible. Um, because it is possible. Maybe I need to go back and like listen to all the podcasts. You you don't have to listen to every episode. Nobody has to listen to every episode. Um, I'm looking forward to the Justin Wilman episode. He is one of my favorite people. I love his talent. I love just what he's able to do, what he stands for. And he's just so kind and handsome. And so good. Like, so like good. That show. So Are you so good. proud of him from yeah. Magic for Humans? So good at that. So good at what Amazing. he's doing. I don't even understand how he does it all. No, me neither. And I don't want to know. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to know about the magic, but, but I don't understand how sh- he makes the show. No, I, I was like, I can't even imagine how much work would go into creating that show and then filming it. And he was like, yeah, it takes like a year to make one season and like all the steps of everything that we're doing and thinking of. It's incredible. Yeah. He's a hard worker. Magical. So very much looking forward to that episode (laughs) or it's actually out already. Yeah, it's out now. Now It came out February 3rd. Mm -hmm. So I loved it. You loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite episode, one he has not heard yet. But the one that just came out in that as of now 
New fave. Then in the few recorded future, <laughs> I loved it. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the Toka Rivera and Jason Mraz episode. <laughs> talking about old times. Mm-hmm. Um, and what life was like when we brought your geologist into our our world. From his perspective, yeah. I'd love to hear that. And just generalness that that we talk about in that. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. But this isn't about me. <laughs> this is about you. It's your birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Thank you for being. Thank you for being Trisha, which was your email for a long time. Yeah, and that was my Twitter name and my mm-hmm. Instagram for a while too. Being. Now everything's your geologist. Being. What was your name when we were playing the Abounding River logbook? Yeah. Um I, don't I feel like you were love being Trisha. Oh, yeah, I think that was it. I think it. that may have come from that. I love that you remember that. it. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> love being Trisha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which that's, I talked about in that in Tercy's episode, the when we did the 42-day uh-huh. book. Yeah. Abounding River. Yeah. I believe we ended it in r- Maui, in Maui right when we were starting the workshop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That was, that was big. Yeah. Had to be there. We've done a lot of things, guys. <laughs> We've been to a lot of countries, a lot of yeah. cities, done a lot of work together and on our own. Is there Loved any, a lot of people. Is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with today? I make up that a lot of people listen to podcasts. Where do you think most people listen to podcasts? Well, I listen to podcasts a lot in my car. So I think right. a lot of people it's a driving car. thing. I also like sometimes we'll watch where I'm walking or even like cleaning the house. But yeah, I always think of it like you're. Alone driving. Yeah, it's driving. Maybe the treadmill. Maybe it's a yeah. bike ride or like a, at the gym or something. Or yeah, but yeah, I know people like put it on the background while they're cleaning and cooking and stuff too. Is there a birthday wish you have for your listeners, or perhaps a an invitation or a challenge or, or something you could ask them, like leave them oh. with an action, or leave me with an action? Because the listener is essentially me, yeah. and people well, are eavesdropping on this conversation. I would love the listener. You know, this episode has been a reflection and I've been getting acknowledgments and asked questions and reflecting back and a lot of acknowledgments. So, and which I'm so grateful for. Thank you to everyone. But yeah, and ask for the listeners is to right now stop and acknowledge yourself. Like, what can you acknowledge yourself for? putting yourself out there, something that you're doing. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be like some big thing. Acknowledge yourself because you're a good friend, a good listener. Um, But yeah, acknowledge yourself. I think we forget to do that. And that can also be a great like end of day practice. We can get so wrapped up in what we didn't get done that day or what went wrong. What if you asked yourself every day, like, what can I acknowledge myself for? Hmm. What can I acknowledge myself for? Well, today I lived in integrity of all the things that I said I was going to do. And even um, bend, bended. How do you say bend? Bent? Bent. No, I, <laughs> I, I allowed myself to be flexible when surprises showed up in my outside work, um, which in... If I were to take that in a yoga off the mat situation, I'm going to also allow that. I'm going to allow myself to be flexible with surprises 
throughout the rest of my day. So that's how I'm acknowledging myself right now. And I will acknowledge myself again tonight. Thanks to that invitation. Awesome. Thank you for trusting me to be your guest host on this incredible Claim It podcast. Uh, John Morrow, who is a friend and designer. He was a guest as well. Brilliant artist. He says, Trisha is unstoppable. Her love of life is only matched by her curiosity for it. She is a warrior, a wise woman, a mother, daughter, soul sister, and friend to anyone and anything searching for purpose or meaning. Hmm. Hmm. Is there a thing that you are a friend of that is searching for purpose or meaning? Maybe a business, maybe a maybe an entity, maybe you come across yeah. groups. The cat is here now right, to yeah, acknowledge Jesus you. Jesus just came up. To, That's, Jesus could yeah. be maybe a thing that is searching for purpose or meaning. He's probably looking for a place to nap or a snack. Food in my fridge that's surfing. You know, I can be creative in putting food together. It needs purpose and meaning. <laughs> John continues and says, she continually reinvents herself and inspires me to do the same. Thank you, Trisha, for being born and reborn again and again. That is your calling. Constantly. Oh. uncovering uh Honoring. your macaroni says trisha tristan! you reached out to tristan i did good for you yeah thank you Aww. you gave us a uh, a bridge to Just communication trisha huffman your heart is gold your soul is joy you are one of my most favorite cherished friends you've been on an adventure of self since i've known you constantly there's that word again. Exploring, learning, loving, and growing. I've watched you crack yourself wide open time and time again to heal into the most authentic and beautiful version of yourself and then take that knowledge and share it with others. I've watched you become a mother to two beautiful, bright-eyed, curious, and passionate girls. What a gift. What a light you are. Your high energy, thirst for life, the way you empower others to be the best versions of themselves. You're a badass in everything you do, and your strong dislike for the word should <laughs> inspires me daily. I'm honored to call you a friend. I adore you. Happy birthday, Macarumi. No. I love you. From Tristan Prettyman. Bill Bell, William Bell from the touring days in Canada. He says, from the tour with Co Tom Cochran to opening for John Mellencamp when she was doing monitors to creating her joyologist job on the Beautiful Mess Tour and making all of our days brighter to green grass shots at soundcheck, hotel room, yoga classes, the positive affirmation words written in chalk on the floors of the venues. And of course, that laugh. I can still hear it in my mind as I write this. Keep shining your bright light. The world needs more of you. Happy birthday, Trisha. Um, I will print these out. So thank you for reaching out. You can out have to these people. email birthday cards, and I guarantee you more will come in. I did not give people a deadline. Oh. I just said her birthday's coming up. We're having a podcast chat. I probably should have said, get them in by this date but it's okay as they come i'll forward them to you yeah no that's super cool i mean it's been super cool to hear them um but i'm yeah i get that i get to like get them and i can 
look at them whenever I want That's to right. remind myself. <laughs> remind yourself that when you I am are awesome. maybe in a doubt or a fear. And you get to own your awesome. Yeah. It was, a, it was a joy to be a mirror in this podcast for you, or at least hold up a mirror and let you um, bask in your accomplishments. Yeah. Revel in what you've created in this last year with the Claim It podcast. And I wish you all the best, joyful, chaotic success that comes with writing a book and continuing this podcast as you take on bigger, braver asks and deeper conversations with who knows who you're going to get connected with. I know, right? That's also, it's like how cool the possibilities of the podcast as as it grows mm-hmm. and my reach can grow. It's, and it's so amazing to have these conversations. Yeah. Well, I hope you stay for dinner. Yes, I'm staying for Great. dinner. Great. <laughs> I'll put another log on the fire. We'll enjoy this recliner of a couch. <gasps> and we'll you, continue Jason. to talk, but we're going to le- let the we'll, viewers we will, go. Um, we will turn the microphones off let, so you don't have to hear. <laughs> and let listeners finally get out of their car because sometimes when you listen to the podcast that goes on for three hours, <laughs> You'd have to keep driving or you just, just sitting in the driveway. You sit in the driveway. And... Yeah. Thank you so much for being a yes. Thank you for trusting to this idea me and, and for many me. other ideas that I have asked you <laughs> to contribute to. And um, yeah. And thank you for reaching out and for all of this. I am very grateful and I, I feel like I'm owning my awesome and you it feels sure good. Thank are. you, Chaska, for asking about that. Like, yeah, I'm I'm feeling the let I'm reaping. I don't know what she's how she said it, but the fruits. Yeah, um, that enjoying the fruits I'm of your labor. Enjoying the fruits of my labor right now mm-hmm. in this moment. Thanks to all of you reminding me, and because I chose to make the space for it. Yeah, you have to make the space to acknowledge yourself, to do the big things, to allow yourself to dream. Mm-hmm. And just like a couple minutes counts, so you can start with a couple minutes a day. To mm-hmm. You can start with 30 seconds to acknowledge yourself. Mm-hmm. You have time for things mm-hmm. if you make time for them. Because a hill is only a hill. <laughs> it's not a hill anymore. That's going to be my favorite saying I've ever heard. That's so wonderful. <laughs> hill is not a hill. Until it's not a hill anymore. A hill is a hill until it's not a hill anymore. <laughs> Got to work on those straightaways, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Yeah. That's you a good reminder loved. for adults though, too. Like yeah. no matter how you're seeing it, no matter how, yeah, like love shows up differently. And that sometimes we have an idea of how we want people to support us or show their love, but mm-hmm. everybody shows it in their own way. Mm-hmm. But you also can ask if you don't feel like you're getting it in the way you need. Get a reminder. Get a reminder. And this is be a reminder to the listener who today and every time they listen to your podcast are giving you their greatest wealth, which is their time and attention. Yeah. So thank you, the listener, whoever you are, wherever you are on this beautiful planet, living your beautiful life. Thank you for your time and attention today. And every time you listen to the Claimant Podcast. Seriously. You are loved. You, you are loved. Are loved. You are valued. You are cherished. You are respected. You are honored through these conversations. You are so loved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you're welcome. And I hope 
I was confused for a minute if he was talking to me or you, the listener. So I hope you guys got confused too and heard that he was talking to you and me (laughs) in the you are loved, you are loved, you are loved. loved. (laughs) Y'all are loved. (laughs) All right. Bye. Wow, wow, wow. Super grateful um, to Jason for wanting to do that special birthday episode for me and the outreach he did to have some other friends write in. I'm super grateful for you guys for listening, for making this podcast be possible. I mean, I really love having these conversations and that's why I'm doing it and will continue to do it. It's amazing. Um, Starting a podcast is a great excuse to have amazing conversations with people that you love uh, and want to know more about. <laughs> I've had several guests of mine who are friends that were like, wow, that was amazing. I think I want to start a podcast just to like have amazing conversations with people without your phones in your hand for an hour. <laughs> so um, super grateful. And thank you to everyone who has left me a review. If you haven't yet, that's an amazing birthday present. Go to whatever podcast platform you listen to, especially on op- Apple Podcasts. That's where they really use the reviews to uh, like boost the, you know, suggesting it to people that don't listen to it and stuff like that. So leave a review on the podcast. Leave a review on my app, the Own Your Awesome app and the Google Play and the Apple App Store. Screenshot it to me. You might want to screenshot it while you're before you hit send because it might take a day or two for it to show up. Um, and then send it to podcast at yourjoyaljust.com and I'll send you a little thank you gift. Um, reading your notes, your DMs, your replies to my newsletter, everything. I'm getting emotional right now again. Really means so much for me and is the reminder for me to keep going and sharing these messages. Um, so I'm super grateful for all of you out there. Please, uh, even though this episode was about me, <laughs> I think that Jason and I both uh, ended up like sharing uh, views about our insights and and stuff. So hopefully you got something from it as well, besides just celebrating me. But that's fun. Allow yourself to be celebrated. Awesome. Also, <laughs> I meant to say, allow yourself to be celebrated also. That was actually something that I used to struggle with. And it felt good to be able to sit there and to hear those amazing things and to actually um, soak them in and feel them and not deflect them and try to tell myself that I'm not enough still. And that is because I do the work daily to claim my joy, to claim my enoughness, to claim my feelings of success where I am each day, all the time. So I hope you guys are listening to this podcast and it is helping you to own your awesome and to claim your joy, your worth, your value and enoughness. It's work, guys, daily work. You know, we get better and better out of navigating through the shitty thoughts and realizing that they're bullshit. Um, But doubts and fears and all that stuff are still gonna come up. And that's why I love having these conversations and sharing that for myself. Okay, so again, please leave a review. Go get the app. Go shop my products, insulated mugs and tumblers. I don't know if I'll have them forever. It's a limited limited time. Um, yeah, go get the goods. Again, if you want to celebrate me, no matter what time of year you're listening to this, share a quote of mine, share a product, leave a review. I 
am super fulfilled and feel it when you guys are sharing me and writing me personal notes. All right. Own your awesome and make sure you go acknowledge yourself. Acknowledge yourself for something that you are or did today, who you are. All right.